live the greatest podcast in the game presented by underdog fantasy click the link in our description below if you want 100 up to 100 in deposit match for your fantasy games but we got a little bit of games to play for this week it is the playoffs we have waited all season for this Mm. finally after all these weeks of analysis pickums jokes making fun of each other it's all come to this we got pickum plus our end of season awards who gets them maybe have a little debate here let's check it out but always down for debate how do we start this show you know little dubs and l's get us going you know how we do Let's cook them up some dubs and some L's. If you don't know dubs and L's, it's the segment where we diagnose the W's and the L's from all across sports, hence dubs and L's. So let's get into it with my W, and you know I had to go with them, my Detroit Lions. Okay, maybe not my Detroit Lions, but... Our, our Lions. Correct, correct. That's more like it. Yes, the team I bandwagoned at the start of the year, the team I hyped throughout all my preseason videos didn't make the playoffs but they came this close and you know what when i was watching that sunday night football game i had such a good time watching it first of all these players were so starved for a primetime game that now that they finally all got player intros they delivered some of the best player intros the all season i'm sure you've seen jamal williams doing some anime thing i really don't know naruto it was naruto reference with the headband that was cool regardless um and then you got taylor decker versus aiden hutchinson ohio state versus michigan uh different uses of the the but my favorite was uh jerry jacobs saying he went to harvard which i did not catch the first time so that was funny second time around but moving on to the team itself, the Lions put on a spirited performance, came back in the fourth quarter to beat the Green Bay Packers. Jamal Williams breaks Barry Sanders' rushing touchdown record for the Lions and delivers one of the best post-game interviews you will ever see. And the oh. twist and turns of emotions from there was absolutely insane. You saw what I was talking about? Oh, I was fired up. At first, I was like, oh, my God, is, is he going to cry? And then... He just turned it on a switch and he was like, he's like, I'm still a dog. Like, don't don't worry. It's all dog in this mug. That's what he says. Like, I was I was all gassed up. I was like, damn, he's I like Jamal. I like Jamal. He could be the face of the NFL. He really should be. He's got that personality. But, you know, end of the day. So, yeah, didn't make the playoffs. But mm. this organization is so well run. It's got to be, at least for this season, a top five run. NFL organization with how they got the spirit into these players and how they got everyone to love this Lions organization that has had the worst history, maybe of all NFL teams. Oh yeah. So I'm and very the longest much... and the longest. Yeah. The lo- longest history and worst history. So I'm very much excited to see what happens next year with another season under Dan Campbell, some salary cap, High draft pick, sky's the limit for this team. W to the Lions. Facts. Now, I want to ask you, Shoop, do you think this win right here saved uh, Campbell's season? Well, 
job as for coach next year? Definitely. I'd say definitely. He was never getting fired, Chuck. You don't think so? No, there's, there was absolutely no chance he was getting fired. Um, if they had lost this game and then golf slow next season, you could maybe consider it. But if the Lions are smart, they know about their history and they're not going to let go of a coach like the one they have now. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Now, I was also going to do a dub for the Lions, but I've changed it. And you know we like to cover all the sports. But a dub that's coming up and a sport that we all forgot about that I love secretly, tennis. So dub for tennis, a huge, huge open coming up, Australian Open, January, I think, 15th. And, you know, I'm putting my money on my boy who almost beat uh, the number one guy last time in the U.S. Open, Francis Tiafu. So Francis, he's bringing it home. Write him in for your locks. That's my dub. Love a little tennis shout out. As you said, we cover all the sports, which is a little weird because my L is going to be not only from the same sport that we cover all the time, but from the same freaking game. And I couldn't pass this one up here. Uh, yeah. So late in, the, late in the fourth quarter, DeAndre Swift takes a nasty hit, gets Gator rolled on while taking a club to the face. And I see, I have nowhere a flag drops. I'm like, well, obviously, the hit deserved a flag. But it was for unsportsmanlike conduct on number seven. So I was very confused. And then you see the replay, and the Lions training staff is coming onto the field to tend DeAndre Swift. And Quay Walker just, I don't know, maybe the trainer said something, or he said something to the trainer, and he pushes the trainer, which which one is bad on its own, but it's double bad because he did this earlier in the season to a Bills coach and got ejected for it. And it's triple, quadruple, quintuply bad because this is the week where we are congratulating all trainers across the NFL for what happened with DeMar Hamlin and how they saved his freaking life. Can How boneheaded can some of these guys be? And then there's the shots of him crying and throwing a tantrum in the tunnel, which he later took accountability for his actions. So kudos to him for that. But going to this offseason, Quay, you need, to take a, you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. You might have millions of dollars now, but keep this attitude up, and you'll be right where Johnny Manziel is right now. Yeah, Canadian Football League. Yep. And he's not even Probably starting. Is. He's not even starting. And I totally and I totally agree. And also we should not only well Qu- um Quay Walker obviously is gonna get reprimanded, but there was another player who like uh who also like came in after the shove. It was number Wyatt, number five. Number nine number ninety five. He like double bumped the trainer too, like a- after like he like after the trainer tried to get in Qu- Quay's face. But that other player should also be reprimanded too. And it screwed them in the end. So I think we're, I think that's up for L of the year, Shoop. That's got to be up for L of the year so far. Early in the year. Yep. So far, so far L of the year. Yep. Now, my L is going to be towards another sport basketball. Now, the Warriors, 
they're not looking good so far. Defending champs uh, early in the season, I said they maybe they'd make it back, but it's not looking too good as of now. Now, and even Curry came back, and it's still not looking good. So last three games, they they're on a three game losing streak. They lost to Orlando, which isn't the best team in the East, like maybe the worst team in the East. They lost to the Pistons, who's also the worst team in the East, which isn't a good look. Both those games, they lost by more than like five points. I'm pretty sure. And then they just recently lost last night to the Phoenix Suns. And now the Phoenix Suns were without Chris Ball, Book, and Aiton. So they lost that game by 12. And it's not looking good in away games either. That game was at home too. So they lost that game at home. Curry just came back. And their away record for this year is 3-16. and 16. And that's got to, that's the worst record. I think uh, that is the worst road record in the NBA. So they're getting bullied right now. Huge L for the Warriors this whole week. And I want to say last week so far, maybe they'll bounce back, but given the L to the Warriors, Dub City. You know, Dub Chuck, City's turning into L City. It really is. You know, Chuck, there's comes a point in every team season where like, where everyone's like, okay, they're going to turn around. Okay. They're going to turn around. Okay. But when are we going to accept that this Warriors team just isn't that good? I mean, it's we're almost halfway through the season at this point. But at the on the same token, the NBA now has this play-in tournament, which allows the most mediocre of teams to sneak into a playoffs. So I really can't count the Warriors out, but. I don't like their chances of even beating whoever the seven seed they play is. And I hope we both eat our words, but no, it is definitely not looking good right now. Yes, sir. But it is looking good for these award finalists. So here we are end of the NFL season playoffs coming up, but we're going to talk about something that isn't impacted by playoffs. At least we think uh, the end of season awards for the NFL we made our own predictions at the beginning of the year. Some failed, some really failed, but some of them turned out kind of true. Uh, but now we're going to, with the facts that we have, who wins each award. And we're going to start with the big one, of course, MVP. Chuck, who is your MVP for this NFL season? I think, I mean, I think it's ununanimously, it's Pat Mahomes. He's got... I think 500 more passing yards than any other uh, quarterback in the league. Uh, He has six more touchdowns than anybody else in the league, 12 interceptions. Other players like Josh Allen have 14 interceptions. Um, Nobody's even close to 5,000 yards. Like I said, it's, it's Mahomes all day and he did it when everybody else counted him out too. So I think with the roster he had, and yeah, everybody's like, well, he still has weapons. But, like, to put up these numbers, it's video game numbers. And he's still doing it year in, year out, just surprising us. I, I like, even though it should have been a surprise this year, it was a surprise this year. It really was. And, yeah, I was one of those people that doubted him. So the MVP award should be based on who provides most value to the team. And Mahomes loses a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill and doesn't skip a beat. In fact, takes a step forward, which is incredible this award was between him and jalen hurts who have hurts missing the two two of the final games of this of the regular season this award Definitely. goes 
straight into Mahomes' hands. Yeah, agreed. All right, so the Offensive Player of the Year, a.k.a. the non-quarterback best offensive player. Yeah. Who did that go to? See, I was, I was like, going to go with a – I don't know why I was going to go with a running back. I was going to say Josh Jacobs because he got the rushing title and he has, like, one less touchdown than Derrick Henry. But it's going to Justin Jefferson. The guy uh, this year, he's made unbelievable catches. He's pulled Kirk Cousins out of ditches that he's created himself. Um, he makes insane plays after the catch. And he's that wide receiver that you need to double cover on game day. And his yards, tell him your, the yards speak for itself as well. Yeah. Before the Packers game, he was trending at almost 2,000 yards for the season. Now, obviously, he put up a dud in that game, but still finished with over 1,800 yards and single-handedly won the Vikings their biggest game of the season versus the mm-hmm. Bills with that grab on 4th and 18. Amazing catch. Incredibly impressive. I mean, if Cooper Cup won Offensive Player of the Year last year with the season that he had, then uh, it was him, not Taylor, right? Uh, Yeah, it was, uh, it was Cup. It was Cup last yeah, year. Yeah, it had, had been Cup. So if Cup had won last year with his numbers, then there's no doubt that Jefferson should have won this year with his, his numbers. And really, there's just a lack of competition yeah. um, compared to what Jefferson did. Tyreek Hill is closest, but Dolphins faded down the stretch, so it, go, it goes Jefferson. 100%. Next question. Defensive player of the year. This one is... Always an interesting one. You go with the shutdown corner, the sack specialist, or the do-it-all linebacker. Who is it this year? This year, sack specialist. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. 18 and a half sacks. Closest closest person next to that was, I think, was Miles Garrett, and he was two and a half sacks away from Bosa. and Or maybe it wasn't Miles Garrett. But he's got the most sacks, and he's just a game wrecker on the field. Overall has anchored the 49ers defense and he shows every year that he's the most dominated D end in the NFC. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you once again. Uh, this is a toss up between Boza and Micah Parsons, but Parsons kind of had a slow end to this season, um, especially with that ugly loss in week 18 where he was practically invisible. Yeah. Boza also missed a game or two this year. Still put up those sack numbers. He's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he's he's a catalyst to that great 49ers defense. Uh, no doubt in my mind he gets this award. Oh, yeah. He's a funny dude, too. I think I think he's – and he's not trying to be funny, but if you watch his sound effects, I think Nick Bosa's hilarious. Oh, yeah, he's a dog. And OH. I.O. There, there we go. go. Um. Now we're going to go to comeback player of the year. So comeback player of the year has uh, is a wide open field this year. Um, you got plenty of guys to choose from, but who are you going with? So I went with Saquon here. Um, a lot of people are saying um, Gino um, and there's somebody else, I think, but I'm going to go with Saquon here because I think he had the most um, impact on the team. And I, th- and 
I think like without him, I don't think the Giants would be where they're at today, even though they do have a stellar defense and they were clutched down the stretch in games. But I Saquon's fourth in rushing yards. He's fifth in rushing touchdowns. Um, I think he should be comeback player of the year. I like the pick, but the same token, if you want to call Saquon the comeback player of the year, well, then what differentiates him with someone like Christian McCaffrey? who spent last season injured and put up ridiculous numbers this year. True. And then you also have Brian Robinson, who came back from a shooting. Um, but that story seemed to kind of fizzle out. I don't think it got the buzz that it once did. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Geno, in a, a former, basically irrelevant quarterback, comes out of nowhere and leads this Seattle team full of rookies to the playoffs. And his uh, predecessor, Russell Wilson, goes on to miss the playoffs in horrific fashion. Uh, This is a great Pete Carroll coaching job, but you got to give the credit to Geno Smith. Uh, He was superb in the first half of the season. Second half, he slowed down a bit, but he won in the clutch in the last two games when it mattered. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, his leadership, and I mean, his quotes were unbelievable this year too, but his leadership is off the charts. Uh, that alone is enough for me to want to give him comeback player of the year. I I do. I, I would agree. I do agree with you, Eric, because he also ended the season top 10 in passing. And nobody thought Geno Smith and the Seahawks would make the playoffs. So I could definitely see it being Geno. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go to our rookies. So starting with the offensive side of the ball, who's, who you got for your offensive rookie of the year? So speaking of the Seahawks, even though uh, like good case for Geno to be um, comeback player of the year, definitely was a leader. I think this guy, Kenneth Walker, even though I don't think he, he didn't play the whole season in the beginning, but I not well, no, he did play the whole season. He wasn't the starter the whole season, but when he became the starter, I feel like that team also excelled themselves to a new level. And this guy was so fresh and he got a thousand yards rushing and he was, he also had nine touchdowns. So I think this this guy, Kenneth Walker, accounted for a lot of their success too. So I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I like the pick. This one is another 50-50, like the de- defensive player of the year. It's between him and Garrett Wilson. Shout out Brock Purdy for shooting himself up to third in the odds yeah. for this award, despite playing like five games. You have to do something miraculous to do that. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, but I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, another Ohio State guy, yes. uh, just because of the way he dominated his team's target share. And he was a consistent producer, not midseason, but the entire season. And he played all 17 games. Ken Walker didn't. And he put over up over 1,000 yards. And he had 147 targets, only 83 receptions. So... Imagine what with good quarterback play, what he could have done. That's who, true. Who knows? We, we won't ever know. But I think both Wilson and Walker are solid choices. But I'm going to go Wilson. I like it. Defense or rookie? On the other side of the ball for the same teams, Sauce Gardner. He has put himself into all pro consideration in his very first season. He's made waves around the NFL for shutting down elite receivers. He had like 23 catches given up overall in his 
in the first half of the season. And he played guys like Jalen Waddle, uh, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, like unbelievable number one receivers and just shut him down. I think he's the obvious pick here. Oh, hundred. It's it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. And kudos to the Jets for finally picking someone that's like nasty. And I was gonna go with um, Garrett Wilson for the offensive rookie of the year, but I was looking back and like throughout history, has it? I don't recall ever there being two offense and defensive rookie in the year on the same team. So because I cannot think of like one year that that happened, but I, I think know. it it's might. Very- it might happen this year. It might happen this year. Yeah, it's it's very rare. And speaking of that, I mean, you got Tariq Woolen on the defensive side for the Seahawks. He, he did he lead the league in interceptions? I think he did. Um, he that was, was my also my defensive rookie. If he was very close, um, Aiden Hutchinson. Shout out Aiden Hutchinson too. He's in that conversation, even though he's uh, from that team up north. Yeah, um, but anyway. So moving on to our final award. Enough about the team up north. I don't want to hear about that name. Um, Coach yeah. of the year. This should be an interesting one. What's your take on it? I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Pete Carroll. And now I wanted to say Dayball, but I think the Giants had more of a constructed roster than the Seahawks did, and I think like Pete Carroll took a team that was supposed to like go last in their division. And now they're in the playoffs and shocked the world. And he did it with a quarterback who nobody thought could could um could compete and lead, a running back who was a rookie, a whole defense that was filled with rookies in the secondary. Um so I'm gonna go with Pete Carroll because he went against all odds. Yeah, I like that pick. So I'm going to say who I think will win it. I think Nick Sirianni is going to win it. Uh Eagles had the most complete team all year. They were great on both sides of the ball and the, everyone's marveled by Javen, Jalen Hurts development so big kudos to Sirianni but on the same token the Eagles had such a great roster beginning before the season began which is why I had them as my NFC pick so I'd rather go with a guy like a Carroll but maybe like Brian Dable or Dan Campbell who took a roster full of young, unproven guys and transformed them into playoff teams or near playoff teams for, for Campbell's sake. Um, and if I had to pick between one, it'd be Dable because he won multiple games this year that nobody pegged the Giants to win. That's true. And, uh, he's gotten the, the Giants to be respectable again. That's That's saying something. We were... A laughing stock for about a decade so oh yeah kudos to dable i think he deserves it the most but sirianni is gonna win i uh, see i never even thought about sirianni but you do have a good point their roster is so good like how how could you not be so successful and he made it successful so i think he does deserve it too 